Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy. Today, I am joined by Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress. We have a fun show for you here this afternoon as it will be a town name tuesday coming up at five o'clock we will have uh, uh two states that will be relevant again to auburn's current competition which is the sec tournament so we'll play town name tuesday in the five o'clock hour today we'll again have the latest with the auburn football transfer portal also a little softball portal which is working against auburn right now and a lot of other things maybe a few thoughts today on the Braves, also maybe about the NBA, and more about the NCAA uh, media rights deals that are going on. There were some figures announced at the end of last week about which uh, which conferences took home the most money in terms of per team. Also more news on the Pac-12's ever-long negotiations to find someone to please pick up their products. So uh, we will talk a little bit about that today as well. And again, uh, as always, birthdays and sports, a nightly TV guide. But again, excited about Town Name Tuesday coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Ryan, Tom, and Brooks with you here this afternoon tom we'll start with you how are you doing sir i'm doing great and uh yeah a lot of stuff to get into a lot of stuff going on the tarp is on the field in hoover right now uh as expected i mean it's not the sec tournament in hoover if the tarp doesn't come out so you are correct uh ninth inning of the uh, texas a&m tennessee game with texas a&m up three to nothing and they looked like they were trying to get through that game it's been y'all said it's been raining there for what like three hours four yeah, hours? yeah pretty much all day just a, a light rain right. and that got a little heavier got a little heavier and you could definitely start seeing the infield was taking a beating and it, it felt like the umpires were just trying to go ahead and get through that game and then maybe pull the tarp but nope tarps out on the field so uh but uh yeah transfer portal stuff uh, still going on with softball um that we can talk about um football kind of quiet right now but i mean i know we'll go back over stuff but uh well break. we do have one update on on a player from yesterday that we'll oh, okay. update too so all right i mean i see i missed that uh braves uh lose to the dodgers last night so uh i guess we can talk about that and I, i'm excited about some town name tuesday that's yeah. all it was always one of my favorite segments and then i left the show from tuesdays for a little bit and now i'm back and so uh Yep. Love, love me some Town Name Tuesday. We will have a Town Name Tuesday. Brooks has been working on that for us. We won't have a Wacky Wednesday tomorrow, but we will have a Wacky Wednesday next Wednesday. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, take inside baseball right now, leaning towards some sort of taste test with the sodas uh, for next Wednesday. So that's awesome. what uh, that's what we're we're thinking about for for that. But yes, a Town Name Tuesday today. 
between a couple states. Again, we'll, we'll reveal the states a little bit later on, but they are re- very relevant to the SEC tournament. Brooks Childress also with us this afternoon. Again, as I just mentioned, been doing some research, been doing a lot today. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy day uh, work-wise. Been doing a lot of different different stuff. We've been keeping up with the SEC baseball tournament. Got through the first game pretty, pretty quickly with um, – uh, South Carolina, who, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I know, you know, they, we got the seating on Saturday, so I haven't been on air to talk about it at all. Uh, but the but South Carolina, who had a really good year, you know, somehow finishes the sixth seed in the SEC tournament, blank Georgia, uh, Georgia team that has never won the SEC tournament. And so they, they will continue that streak. And then, yeah, they, and Texas A&M had, had uh, Tennessee kind of on the ropes. They only had one hit on the afternoon going into this ninth inning, and now they are in a rain delay. And the further you get, in, the more this delay goes, and, I, you know, it, it just started, so the further along it goes, the more and more likely you get a, you get an opportunity that Auburn, who was scheduled to play the late game tonight, was supposed to be approximately, I think they were still on a TBA was their time spot, but, you know, it was looking like they were going to try for an 8 o'clock first pitch. It's more and more likely the, the longer the longer this delay goes on that you get that flip to a 9:30 a.m. tomorrow start for the uh, for the Tigers and the Tigers of Missouri. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, and of course talk about uh, SEC baseball as a whole as we get closer. I saw D1 baseball came out yesterday with some uh, with the favorable projections for for the Auburn Tigers in terms of hosting things. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. Tom used to mention that the Braves fought hard against the Dodgers last night, cut it to a one-run game in those middle innings, but then. The Dodgers were just a little bit too uh, too much last night for for the Braves. They were able to get that get the win last night. Braves looking to bounce back tonight with Spencer Strider on the mound. Um, I'm sure, we'll talk a little bit about that. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers on today's show, and of course, can't wait to uh, chat about all the happenings in the Auburn sports world. It's always a fun day on Sports Call, even if it's rainy outside. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, uh, that was such a unfortunate um, situation in Hoover because, as you guys talked about. Being in the the ninth inning there, uh, or or starting the ninth inning, that's a very costly delay, and here's why. So there's about 35 minutes in between games uh, at the SEC tournament. I believe the announcers earlier today said 45, but if you looked at when the first game finished between then and the second game starting, it was only about 35 minutes. So it was not quite the 45. But uh, I'll tell you what sucks about that is you've got to. A, have this delay where you have – it could be 20 minutes, could be 40, could be an hour, could be hour and a half, Lord forbid, you know, something really long. And then you've got to have a warm-up period for this game, which won't be 35 minutes, but it might be 15, 20, once they actually get the tarp off and squeegee, squeegee, and, and, and get the field playable. And then they'll have to stop it again and then have the 35-minute warm-up. So, in other words, this rain delay taking place with still baseball to play in this game mandates an extra 20, 15, 20, 30 minutes of warm-up time because this game has to re-warm up too. Uh, It is not a just stop-and-start scenario. Uh, you got to loosen up arms and and all that. And baseball players take about as long as any sport to warm up. And and, and so you've got to warm up twice, essentially, to continue on play instead of just once. And, and, uh, again, I I, I was just reading something from Kendall Rogers. They're they're talking about this over at D1 Baseball, uh, that apparently Greg Sankey in the league actually went to Globe Life Park in Arlington earlier this year, uh, potentially with the idea – 
of one day moving this tournament out of Hoover and to a stadium, to a facility that has a roof, right. a major league facility that has a roof. Because this does happen every year. Obviously, they get it in, they get it played. It's usually uncomfortably late in the week, uh, weekend when that when they do conclude. But um, the the nature of it is, and no pun intended, that they do get a stoppage of this magnitude every single tournament and sometimes multiple times. And it is obviously a very uh, difficult process. I personally would be very sad to see it move from Hoover. I, I like things to be in the state of Alabama that matter. And this tournament matters. It is significant. It is cool. Uh, but the reality is, is more and more teams and, and entities are looking for, for roofs on, on outdoor events. And that's why we see, more roofs being built, retractable roofs in, in the sport of baseball uh, for major league teams. It feels like more and more teams. All these proposals of new uh, new fields feel like they involve a retractable roof or a dome of some sort. And that could be the way we're headed if frustrations grow enough in the SEC tournament with the SEC. I, I joked with Kevin yesterday. I said uh, I, I assume that the league is already getting headaches just by looking at the chance of rain. Uh, for tomorrow and and now we have arrived at tomorrow it's rained for hours plural there uh it, the good news is i think it's going to be dry for the next few days but uh this again it happens every year and i i'm okay with how they power through it but i know that the league is probably not and uh it's possible they end up moving it because of just the, the complete stoppages they have and i'll tell you what i don't think you know if you, you you look around social media you look around you know fan bases around the sec i don't think fans care i think that you know it i think the overall sentiment is you know they, they're like oh it the rain's back oh no the, the sec tournament the rain's back and then you I, I think some of the fun games that we've seen over the past few years have been those you know they're finishing at 3 a.m or not, maybe not that late but you know finishing at 1 a.m 2 a.m in the morning those late night games that have to be pushed back and start pretty late and fans are up fans are watching them i think it's mo- mainly just like the league just getting frustrated with the rain and I think I think the fans are are happy with it. I think the fans it, it's part of the experience. It's like you know it, it's like SEC media days. You've got people that stand outside, dress up in different you know f- uh, fan attire, and uh, you know it, it's part of it. it. It's it's part of the event. The the rain is is part of the event. So I, I think that it would it would lose a little bit of something if you moved it to 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 a like say a Globe Life Field. Plus, if you think about it. And you know it'll it'll be more relevant when you when you do incorporate Texas and Oklahoma into the league uh, in the coming years. But you know when if you move it to Globe Life, that's moving it so far away from a lot of your f- uh, fan bases. Yeah, you're you would just you would then be catering to Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Texas. And even you know Arkansas is still a little bit away from Dallas. Missouri's away. The, those are the closest. It, it's still a pretty long drive for LSU fans to get there. But you're like you're taking away half of the league away from you know taking is is so far away that you're not going to get those fans that are going to travel as much to Globe Life. I think right now you know Hoover, yeah, Birmingham is it it, it it feels like it's the the more toward the center. You you got a lot of fan bases that can make that trip. And the the furthest ones are you know Missouri, Arkansas, and Texas A and M right now. You incorporate Texas and Oklahoma into into the farther away. You know, I I I still think Hoover's the best place for it. It's where the league offices are. Well, for of. now, yeah. And uh, well, well, you go ahead and make points. Well, I was gonna say, is it would it be would it be closer to move it to Tampa 
into their dome. Well, that's still moving. Like that's, that, that's I know. moving still made the western yeah. half of the well, well, I know, but I mean, it, it would, would Tampa be closer than Arlington, Texas, to the majority of the SEC? I mean, really, I think that would be your only two options if you're looking at a dome stadium is either Tampa or Arlington. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'd be. You don't want to go all the way the down. To, you don't want to I mean, go all the way down to Miami, obviously, right? I mean, because you'd still even some Eastern teams like Kentucky are far away. Yeah. Um, I, the whole purpose of, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the whole purpose of having the league office in Birmingham, central. To, to having media days in Birmingham for years and years, having this SEC tournament and baseball in Birmingham is because it is in the middle of the league. It is deemed to be. A pretty much a center point of the SEC. Now, listen, this league continues to expand. Is if the new technical center point with Oklahoma and Texas coming in Mississippi? You know, maybe, maybe somewhere in Memphis and in West Tennessee or East Tennessee. Yeah, West Tennessee. I don't know. You know, maybe it may shift it over a little bit. But the whole purpose of having a league office was you're trying to put it in a central location. Yes, there's going to be a couple schools that are closer than others, but it's going to be pretty equitable. You're always going to have a partner in crime. For every Mississippi, there's going to be someone from Georgia. From every team in South Carolina, there's going to be someone from Louisiana, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so now, as with most things, let's be honest, maybe not the SEC baseball tournament would fall under this category to this degree, but it's, again, it's another type of thing that's about money. That's why they're moving media days around trying right. to get other cities involved in the product it might not be money for that specific event it might not change the local economy that much it might not change the sec's dynamic in that respect but it's about drumming up interest in other major southern cities that is why they're moving it around we expect to be in nashville here in a few weeks we were just in atlanta and in Birmingham in previous years, and I believe it was announced we're going to Texas the year after uh, the year after Nashville here. I think next year's supposed to be in, in Dallas or Houston, one of the two. I could be wrong on that. But these things are about making money, and they're no longer caring about the, the location. That's why they're going to look into moving the league office. It might move to Atlanta. It might move somewhere else uh, because it's about the economic – part of this more than it is about the proximity anymore and that's just kind of the the realities of it we're going to take our first time out of the show we'll be right back with more sports call right after this Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at SportsCallAuburn.com.
Welcome back to Sports Call today. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here live from our studios on South College Street. Dealt with a little rain today. Uh, not as wet as in Hoover, though, as uh, the SEC baseball tournament currently under a rain delay. It, if it goes much longer, it's going to start to affect the start time for Auburn baseball night. Again, originally 7.45 air time over on FM Talk 93.9 with the 8 o'clock first pitch. But uh, things would have to go really right from this point on to be able to to play at that time. And, uh, again, we boldly predicted that yesterday. The pitch clock has helped. I will say that. They were, on, they were making great time until this weather, which was the unfortunate part. That pitch clock really has – has changed the dynamic for for baseball at multiple levels. But nevertheless, uh, they are under a rain stoppage in Hoover. Three- the good news about it is it's I'm, – I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, the good? Good, but the good news about the delay is it's just rain, and there's not it's not a lightning in the area yet. So as, as long as they can let the, get the rain to slack up a little bit, they don't have to sit there and wait. Yeah, they will have to work on that field a little bit, though, because they, they played on it for a long time, so they, they let that field get pretty wet. They're going to have to – have to have to dry that off with uh it, let's just say second base shouldn't shine like that <laughs> uh not not uh, not while you're playing three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine and join us on the auburn bank phone line today we go to the auburn bank phone line for the first time matt from tallacy matt for auburn joins us matt from tallacy how are you matt hi what's up brent what's up brooke what's up yeah it's ryan brooks and tom today Hi, Tom. Hello. What's up? You behaving today? I am doing the best I can. Hey, hey, Brooke. You guys got to do something about Tom. Uh, let's. We try. He's just. He's just. Sometimes he's a handful. Yeah. Hey, I got a, a couple of questions. What do you guys think about the three players for Auburn softball transferring? Yeah, we were about to get into some of that a little bit later. Uh, Bree Ellis, Denver Bryant, especially. Uh, really big deals. Lindsay Garcia was a little more expected because she's only down to one year of eligibility and she was already a senior this year. But uh, Bree Ellis and Denver Bryant, that's very tough. That's a, that's a, uh, a difficult dynamic. That was two all-SEC performers. I think Bree Ellis was clearly uh, the best hitter in this lineup, the most powerful hitter in this lineup. Auburn's going to have a lot of work to do in the portal uh, to replace what they're losing because, I, I mean, that, that they're losing a lot. So, and uh, and uh, Brooke and Tom, this question for you and Brent, you can jump in after they give me an answer. What do you, what do you guys think about the new wingman for basketball we got? I, I think it's a good addition to Bruce Pearl's staff, uh, or not uh, his staff, his, his team. I, I think that you're always looking for depth, and I, you know, especially guys when you're when you're not expected to fill out that uh, all 13 scholarships for the for the basketball team. The more help you can get, the better. Well, Tom, what do you think about it? Oh, yeah, I think it's good. And, I mean, Bruce is trying to bring in a bunch of new guys, and uh, and that wing position is something that he's really been trying to recruit hard on. And so to get a guy in here that's supposed to be a really good player, I'm all for it. And, um, and Brent. Brent's not on the show. Uh, this uh, Ryan, is Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, so do you guys think that Robbie Astro will still – stay on football because I heard that he might transfer. Yeah, no, I, I expect him to stay with the Auburn program. I, I know that the temptation is when someone else comes in to potentially start at that position that you want to transfer, but Robbie Ashford said he welcomed the the competition and was ready to get to work, and he seemed to have a really good attitude about it, even to the point that Hugh Freeze mentioned that he, 
He loved the attitude that Robbie Ashford showed. So uh, unless something drastic has changed the last few weeks, I think Ashford's mentality is he's going to battle for this quarterback position, and he might ultimately lose it, but they might also have a package where he can run around a little bit too. So uh, I I still expect him to be here. um, Brooke and Tom, what do you guys think about Ashford? You think he'll probably stay too? Yeah, Yeah, I I think Ashford stays. Uh, I I think Ashford is the – I, I would say the clear number two uh, behind uh, the kid coming in from Michigan State right now. Um, at least I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so, no, I don't think Ashford's going anywhere. Um, I, I I would be shocked if that were to happen. So do you guys probably see, like, maybe the Michigan State, the, the quarterback being a starter and Ashford be the second string? Yeah. And I, then, then Brown would be the third string and then Garner would be the fourth string? I'd say I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect um, the the kid from Michigan State, Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne. I, I just my mind was going blank. Uh, Peyton Thorne. I expect Peyton Thorne to be the starter. I expect either Ashford or Holden Gurner to be the the number two guy. Uh, and so then we'll see how we'll see how that uh, pans out from there. But yeah, I, I definitely think Peyton Thorne is going to come in here and be the starter. So uh, for the question for you guys, I got. Have you guys heard any more about TJ Finley, how he's doing at Texas State? Is he still, like, going to be competing for a starter at Texas State, or is he not going to be, or is he going to be a backup, or what yep. do you guys? Yeah, we, we really don't know. Uh, we, we've uh, we've not been following Texas State that closely. We'll see once that comes time to open the season uh we'll 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 see if if he ends up being the starter i'm sure he has a chance but i have no idea uh what their quarterback situation is right now what's the score between um texas texas a.m and tennessee yeah it's three nothing texas a&m in the top of the ninth inning but again they uh they have a rain stoppage right now so they're not do you know do, do, do you guys know who's pitching for auburn against missouri yeah, it'll be Tommy Vale, best pitcher Auburn has, best starter. So, Auburn, so Auburn's got to win to host the regional, right? I don't know if they have to or not. That's up for debate. Uh, that's it's 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 possible uh, that that win is necessary. Sometimes it has to do with what how other teams do. I think Auburn would feel really really good about it if they did win, but uh, I, we're really not sure. But I, but right now the projections have Auburn hosting, so they seem to be in a good spot. Hey, I, I read. What do you guys think about? I read something about Auburn that uh, the athletic for Auburn was going to do something about the, the north end zone at the football stadium, and that they were going to do something about the basketball. Bruce Pearl wants more room and stuff. Like that what do you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, there's been talks about uh, Jordan Hare Stadium being done for a, a long time, and uh, nothing has been solidly set in place. Uh, I think that there is uh, definitely work that's going on with like the drainage system and the field uh, that's happening. Uh, as far as basketball, yeah, the uh, there was a, uh, a brand new practice facility and everything that was set for basketball, but then it was put on the uh, it was kind of put on hold because of the NIL stuff. They wanted to uh, focus more money towards the NIL to get the players here and then expand that practice area. Yeah. Well, hey, Brooke and Tom, I know I, I know you guys have other callers and stuff that, but do you guys think for you know how the Jimmerton is down on the other end of, of the field? What would what you think another like big scoreboard would be good for the other side of the zone? 
I think that what what you know you, you saw they they put some plans together a few years ago what to do in that north end zone. I think most likely what could happen is you expand some seats up above that that north end zone, and I because I don't know if you're going to put two of those massive scoreboards on that stadium. I think that you put uh, more seats up there, like you you create a third upper deck and then put two smaller uh, score uh, video boards in the corners, kind of like you what you see at Alabama. They've got the four cornered uh, video boards. So maybe you put two of those in that end zone with some extra seating over there and leave the one big scoreboard on the other end. So what do you guys think about upgrading for baseball behind the Green Munster? I heard they're talking about that, too. Yeah, well, they got spaces. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as baseball season's over, they've got a big project that's going on. So uh, down the first baseline is going to be uh, multi-storied um, with some, like, skyboxes. You're going to have seats on top of the Green Monster. And then uh, out in uh, right field on top of the uh, Performance Center, there's going to be seats in there. And so, yeah, there's some big moves that are about to be made at Plainsman Park. Well, hey, um, Ryan, I mean, Brent. <laughs> hey, I was going to tell you, I I didn't tell you, but I told, I told uh, Brooke and, uh, and Tom this. When I was at State, at Troy, it was, like, so hot. And outdoor, and I was doing the fifty back. I was doing the fifty back, and I got like had a cramp, and so I got like in the re in the relay. I got fourth place, and then in the fifty freestyle and the fifty back, I got a silver and a bronze. Oh, that's but very I had, good. I had a cramp, I, but it was like it was hot, and outside outdoor outside pool it was so hot and we didn't get back to auburn sunday about a quarter to like 11 uh sunday sunday afternoon but we were all we were all tired did you have and, a fun time though yeah i had fun but it's just it's like uh i had to get like uh like i said i had a cramp when i was doing the backstroke and um so like somebody said like you need to take take a pill under your tongue so you won't get cramps. But I want to try. I want to try that. But I was like, I was in so much pain when I was in a cramp. So I had like get a banana and um, drink some water, and I felt better. But my back of my left leg still is still. I still feel like cramp in the back of my leg. So I want to talk to my swim coach in June, and probably do about three or four more years. I just don't know yet. Um, and one of my swim, um, swimmers wants me. He said, "If I leave, he's not going to come back." But like, um, but I'm going to talk to my swim coach. It's, it's my decision. It's got also God's decision, and be my swim coach and stuff like that. But uh, you guys, sometimes you guys should come to the sports complex where Opelika and uh, Southern Union is and come watch me on my swim meet sometime. Yeah, uh, you just let us know uh, when you've got some more swim meets coming up. Yeah, they're they're usually about like about nine. They're at the sports complex, but you can also call the Opelika uh, Sports Complex in Opelika and um, talk to a guy named John, um, my swim coach, and he can tell you what times. And you guys can like you guys are welcome to come. Why don't you guys bring? Cadillac, uh, Javon Reed, and JJ. Yeah, I, I think one of those will be a little bit easier to get than the other two. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, if we can. But if, if Tom comes, he's got to behave. Yeah, we'll we'll make him behave. Okay, if he he says he's trying to behave, but see, hey Tom, you owe us a thousand 
and twenty dollars. Thousand twenty dollars. How, how how much will I owe if I just cannonball into the pool? How much? Yeah, I'm just gonna dive into the pool. I'm just gonna jump into the water. You can't do that. <laughs> I'll be probably I'll charge you probably like five dollars. Okay, well but, that's pretty but cheap. You, you got, but see, at the sport complex, they're kind of an outdoor. They're trying to work on that, and for us swimmers and stuff for that. But hey, have you guys talked to JJ? When's he gonna come back? Yeah, so uh, I talk to JJ frequently, and uh, he's uh, he's out of out of the area right now. He's he's doing some other stuff, but he'll but be. Did, hey, did you ever tell him I still want to talk to him? Did you guys try to get Cadillac and Tavon Reed? Yep, uh, we we've definitely tried to do that, and I've definitely told JJ personally that you say hello and that you want to talk to him. And you you guys gonna try to get uh, Cadillac and and my man man Devon Reed, right? Yeah. Yes, we will. All right. Well, you guys have a good day, and if, if you guys. Uh, hear from Sean. Tell me he's fired. We will certainly do that. All right, and Warrior guys, I'll call. I'll call you guys. Are you guys going to be on next Monday? Yes, we will. All right, I'll call you guys. I'll call you guys on Monday. Hey, hey, Brooke, tell your wife I said hey and War Eagle. I will. War Eagle, Matt. Appreciate your phone right, call. All right, see you guys. That is Matt for Ta- Matt from Tallahassee, Matt for Auburn, Matt from Casita, joining us on the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Right there, we're going to take our next time out. More Sports Call right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy with you here today. Good reminder, coming up at 5 o'clock. A little town name Tuesday for you. We, uh, we're we going to be doing it frequently throughout the summer. Also, Wacky Wednesday will be back not tomorrow, but next Wednesday. We'll have that several times throughout the summer. And uh, just got to have a lot of fun as we start to say goodbye to the 2022-2023 sports calendar. What is it? Just men's golf and <laughs> baseball remaining, right? Women's tennis. And women's tennis. Well, the no, team, singles. Team, yes, oh, singles, just singles. Though. Teams are done. Teams that finished up last weekend. Yeah, uh, North Carolina won the yep. women's championship. Shameless plug for them. They beat um, NC State, didn't they? They the did. Team, the team that uh, knocked Auburn out of the tournament. Yeah. So, uh, interesting. Anyway, uh, so down to two team sports. Do you know what the only two days in the sport in the, in the calendar is that there's no professional sports played on? Oh, yeah. Um. Would it be that's a day big, in July? That's the big four. Yeah, the MLB, NFL, M- NBA, NHL. It's got to be in July, right? Yep. It's uh, it's um, around the All Star Week. You're right. Yeah, it's during All Star Week because uh, you've you've said goodbye to NHL and NBA by yep. that point, and the NFL does not return till August with the preseason. 
Yeah. So, uh, dog days of summer, and uh, that's when you actually go outside and have fun and do other non-sports things with your life. Well, except for it's ninety-eight degrees, and you that's know. when you get sunburned. Yeah. Have fun until you get sunburned and do other non-sports things with your life. <laughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, so uh, we are starting to wind down, so we'll have a, a lot of uh, summer fun, and we'll have a lot of different things going on with the show. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one 888 9 Next up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, good afternoon. Thank you. You're doing fine, and I always enjoy hearing your comments, guys. Thank you, Maya, some kind Sometimes uh, nonsense, sometimes uh, make some sense phone calls. So let's get to it, guys. Uh, I was uh, somewhat uh, struck and taken aback by these recent uh, portal entries on softball teams, especially Brios and then Denver Bryant this morning. Uh, guys, what do you know that's credible about? Uh, is this unhappiness by these players? Something else going on inside that we, that fans don't know about that you might have a clue? Yeah, no, I, I I don't have any uh, insider knowledge there, other than the the those, uh, especially the Brielle's one was very surprising. Now there there might be a name or two that comes out soon that that wouldn't be as surprising, maybe due to playing time and and playing stuff. But certainly Brielle's and to some degree Denver Bryant uh, is very surprising. Uh, I I I really don't know the main reason. Um, the the main reasons would probably be either relationship with the with with coach dean is soured or with nil opportunities uh, maybe the lack thereof at auburn for women's sports maybe the uh insistence the insistence excuse me the insistence that's i can't say that word uh insistence that there, it is. there we go uh if you insist and keep saying the word you'll get there uh but it's uh yes. yeah <laughs> But uh, maybe it's the NIL opportunity that someone else, a big softball program, maybe like Oklahoma or Texas, uh, that could provide. Ultimately, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what schools these these, these girls go to. Uh, obviously, Briellis is awesome, and that's a huge loss. And Denver Bryant had a really good year, and that's a loss too. Um, so, But really don't know any, uh, any factual stuff right now on the why this is happening. Well, I was reading some comments while I was on hold with you guys – uh, from uh, Phil Marshall, and uh, he expresses some of the sentiments that I've been sometimes that uh, we're going to get into uh, a bidding war with uh, other schools that have maybe more money available. But he says here, is having players leave one program for another because of money even sustainable? He does, he said, for some, but from, from, for a lot of them, it's not. And he says, what about the implications for their educations? Um, he said, here's where he thinks it's headed. And then I'll get to that UFC, NCAA uh, uh, suit. Players, he said, will be considered employees. They will be paid by schools. And clearly the ones with more money will get more of the better players. In football, he says, you'll have, this is what I believe will happen, a mini uh, NFL. And this is the part that, to me, is very disappointing because I'm, I'm old school. I grew up watching the pageantry, and he talks about the of college athletics and players playing for the universities, because we had walk-offs, right? People couldn't get a uh, – making the Hall of Fame, you know, in, in NFL. Uh, Mr. Green, of course, one of them. Uh, and he says that's going to be lost. Uh, college football, he says, is going to become like a second-rate version of the NFL. Uh, why watch second-rate football when you watch the best on, on Sundays to play? 
And he says, I want to barf every time I hear the word free labor applied to college athletes. Because he says, and I agree, uh, most people that played when I was growing up, uh, for universities, uh, because they love the game. And he says this right here, uh, free labor really is a misnomer. He says that uh, players get a college education, which, of course, are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. They get stipends, full cost attendance. They get $6,000 a semester for education expenses that they can spend any way they want. And they're trained and taught by the best in the business to get the best suit available. So he says, when I read them free labor, he says, give me a break. Um, and so, uh, you know, we don't know why Brielle and the other players uh, are going to be leaving. Uh, but I've read some posts from people say that uh, this may be it for Mickey Dean uh, or unless he needs to get a better hitting coach because our hitting has not been uh, the most out, out, uh, outscoring, uh, uh, to say the least. And a lot of people have posted that this is supposed to be his best year compared to Clemson and other players. Guys, what's your take on all that? Is this Mickey Dean uh, on the very, very hot seat or, or not? Is it uh, something else going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mickey Dean's seat is warm. I, I don't think it's to the point that he gets fired, but uh, I do think it's to the point where he is one really bad year away uh, from, from not retaining his job. Uh, the, the problems with the program have been pretty consistent. Now, I don't think people realize the, the difficult nature of the culture that he had to build post-Clint Myers because that culture had was very winning, yes, but it also... Uh, so, so yes, yeah, some some awful things transpired, and, and there was a there was overlap between Myers players and Dean's players, and they just they didn't gel where well, and it took a long time to kind of get that out of the program. And so these last couple of years have really truly been Dean's program with, with no Myers influence whatsoever, and the team has been very close to achieving some some really nice success. I mean, they were third in the SEC this year. I mean, that was a good team. They got slided by the NCAA selection committee, and we all know that. Unfortunately, they were not able to get out of the regional again, and so the conversation begins again. And now with these players that are really high-quality players hitting the portal, unless Auburn develops players at a rate that they've not developed them in the last few years, or they get some really good transfer portal players in here, I think if you draw the lot the dots together, it's going to result in a team that will ultimately not be that successful next year. I mean, are they uh, unless something shocking happens, to my knowledge, Maddie Pinta will be here next year. Her sister's coming to play for Auburn next year. She wants to play with her sister, and so she'll be here, and, and that'll give them a chance, but they'll lose a lot of two-to-one games if they have no offense. At least in the last couple of years, you've seen the offense improve a little bit, not to the point where you love it, not to the point where it's awesome, but it has improved because of players like Brielle and Denver Bryant. So now that they are departing prematurely, there's going to have to be urgent and quick replacements for those players or the offense will resort back to what it was in the first couple of years of Mickey Dean. So all that to say is, as we stand today, yeah, he's not getting fired. I don't believe he should be fired. But he is one really bad year away from from pro- probably having that fate. And if the portal continues to go the way it is, that fate will get, will become ever, ever more gloomy. So do you see a hitting coach being the primary culprit here, or is it even deeper than that? 
You know, I I thought he's had a couple different hitting coaches. I'd have to I'd have to go back and 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 look at the staff from every single year. I think he's had different people in there though. Um, so that could be a dean problem. That that might just you know maybe these maybe it's more about he's not hired the right hitting coach. Maybe it's more about his own philosophy. Maybe it's about just not recruiting the position well. Maybe they develop relatively okay, but they've just recruited pitchers a lot better than hitters. I mean, it, there's there's multiple possibilities, but the reality is, whatever it is, they have still not become a great offense under him. And and while being a really good pitching uh, coach the whole time, so uh, it, it they are so close, but they need just a little more out of their bats, and now they're losing a couple of their biggest. So this is to all of you guys, but probably even more uh, point towards you, Tom, because I've asked you before what what is it that that, that I guess that uh, separates the teams like Oklahoma that they can just monopolize it, not just one year, two years, but I mean continuously, you know, ad nauseum. What is it they do? I mean, if I was um, the AD right now, or if I was Mickey Dean, I'd want to figure that one out. Uh, what is it that they're doing that allows them to just continue, not rebuild, but just re reload and reload and reload? They don't have people leaving that I know of uh, leaving their programs, or do they? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they do. Just like in every sport, you have players that decide to leave because they can't crack the starting lineup and all. Um, so softball, softball is one of those sports, kind of similar to some of the others, where once you kind of establish establish yourself as like the power, then and how do you do that? Well, by winning, and I mean you just you and now but how, how they do that? What I'm saying, how well, do well, you have this damn good. Well, I think it's just damn unbeatable. Well, I mean, there, there's a couple of things. I mean, you you have a coach out there that is a renowned coach. Um, you've got the facilities. You've got the NIL. So, but even before the NIL, Oklahoma was good. They they were bringing in players. They got hot. And they were able to just start bringing in the players. Um, you know, it has to start somewhere. And I, you know, I don't know that exact recipe for it, other than how you just, you know, you get good and and become a place that people want to go to. But it's the same thing that uh, Don Staley has going on right now at South Carolina with their basketball program. It's what Gino Ariyama had at, at UConn with their women's basketball program. Um, and and they've got the same thing going on in Oklahoma. You can kind of say the same thing in football with the likes of a, a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart that, you know, the best players want to go and play there. And that's how Oklahoma keeps loading up is because they have become that program that just they can get whoever they want. And, uh, and But they have, they have the NIL stuff going for them. They've got the facilities going for them. And they have just built that tradition. And so they're, they're not going to go away anytime soon. Well, I wish I knew what the formula was for what these people have been doing um, because I'd like to see our, our, uh, uh, our university uh, do the same thing. Our uh, we, we seem to be floundering uh, in, in all these, these sports. Well, well, the, the thing is, yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, it kind of it, it bounces around from in the sports from as the years go on. Now you'll have so like right now, Oklahoma and softball, Oklahoma is it, but it used to not be that way. It was for it was Arizona for a while. Arizona was that team that everybody went to, and before that, UCLA was that team that everybody went to in women's basketball. 
you know, for the longest time, Tennessee was it. I, I mean, everybody wanted to go to Tennessee and, and play there. And then it was UConn. And now you got South Carolina. Now you got LSU coming in and maybe even taking away some of that luster. So it does bounce around uh, from teams from, from teams to teams. But in some of these sports, it feels like that once they get that success, they can keep building on that success. And, and that's what teams like Oklahoma have done in softball. Just one more minute, Steve, and we got to take our hour break. Okay, uh, I enjoyed the comments uh, from yesterday from uh, uh, Mr. Kevin uh, Kevin Isles. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what he didn't explain, and he talked, and I heard you asking, you know, what explains the turnaround? Why were we getting? Because I said this is atrocious, you know, about the walks and hitting pitches, uh, hitting batters, and then it subsided. In fact, it's gotten more rarity. Uh, he says, but confidence. Okay, what I'd like to find out is what turned it around. How did they begin gaining that confidence that they didn't have before? Because now we're doing what I thought would not ever happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I do think confidence plays a role. I mean, what is playing to turn out? I didn't get that from uh, from Kevin yesterday. Well, I mean, what confidence is found in, in just finding a path, just finding some success, and then getting the ball rolling. Sometimes it's from others. Sometimes it's from yourself. I mean, confidence is more of a mental than a physical thing. So whatever gives you personally confidence, maybe you have a, a great bullpen session that you've not had in some time. Maybe it's something we don't even see. Uh, you know, maybe you add a mile per hour in your fast one. You just get pumped up about it. I mean, it's confidence is more of a mental thing that that everyone deals with. so maybe it's seeing other teammates succeed. Maybe it's seeing Vale and, and Herbert Holes get hot. Maybe again, it's personal in that they had great bullpens. I, you know, confidence can be different for everyone, but still confidence plays a role and that's something that analytics or stats don't always show is, is someone's mentality no i agree and coming from background obviously 40 years being you know a uh, a therapist a, a counselor a psychologist you know uh it's successive breeds success and you know i would have guessed with the walks that everybody was doing uh, no matter who was pitching that that would have been more demoralizing rather than confidence building you know what i mean yeah, I mean, well, I mean, certainly both both aspects have played out. Both the the demoralizing side and the positive side have uh, have clearly played out for Auburn. We we've got to go to this break, Steve. Okay, so guys, what time tonight? Eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, uh, who knows? There's still a rain delay. Uh, I don't think we're making the eight o'clock start. Uh, Kevin went with nine o'clock hour yesterday. I'm going to be optimistic and still say nine o'clock hour too. Okay, guys, thank for your call. I mean, thank you for letting me uh, call. Uh, appreciate the time. And uh, have a safe afternoon and evening. And uh, thank goodness I'm retired. I can listen to it at midnight. Yes, All sir, right. Steve. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We are out of time for hour number one. Stay tuned. A lot more sports call ahead. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. Good news from Hoover. The tarp is coming off the field. Don't know if we have an approximate restart time, but again, if you're just doing the math, the third game of the day was supposed to start at 4.30, uh, and they're not going to make that. So um, we'll go ahead and say Auburn will not start at 8. It might not be egregiously late. It might be like 8.30, but uh, definitely going to move that back a little bit. Uh, and we'll see how these uh, the, the finish of the A&M-Tennessee game go and then the, the Alabama-Kentucky game. Auburn got a good result. If you're talking tournament baseball, um, out of this, if Tennessee does lose, now still one more inning to go, but Tennessee was one of those teams. If you, we were uh, we were talking to Kevin Ives. If you heard that interview on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca Cola last night, then you heard Kevin say that Tennessee was one of the teams. It'd be nice if Auburn uh, would would get to lose uh, for their tournament hosting opportunity and then Alabama is another one yes there's always the dynamic of Auburn Alabama but Alabama I think in those D1 baseball projections I think Alabama was the 14th overall team uh, which makes them a regional host and then I think that Auburn was number 12 yeah uh, so that is obviously very close and that's just a projection too and it I can be guilty of this. I don't know if any of you out there are. I certainly am. Back when we were doing the Joe Lenardi projections and we were we were doing all the bracketology for Auburn basketball, I can be kind of guilty of using that as fact and be and be guilty of this is the exact situation. When in reality, that is just a really a best guess of the situation. It's not straight out of the horse's mouth. And so we can say and operate as if D1 baseball is gospel. And look, they're very good at what they do. And we've had Kendall Rogers on before. And, we've had Aaron and, Fitt on and, before. Aaron Fitt, and, and we're probably going to try and get one of those guys on to preview the NCAA tournament here in another week or so. But, um, you know, they, they are still not the committee. And their say does not go. And so it's incredibly possible that maybe Bama's 12 and Auburn's 14. Maybe they're both overvalued. I would think Auburn's not going to be undervalued. I think if I think I don't see how they'd be in the top 10 right now with 19 losses. Uh, I know the SEC has been great for them, but still I, I maybe disagree a little bit with Kevin Ives and say that the, the non-conference schedule is not robust. Uh, it didn't help Auburn that Lipscomb lost in the A-Sun tournament today. That was one of the series that Auburn touts. They technically didn't win the USC series. They technically went 1-1-1, one, one, and one. and USC is a bubble team, to my knowledge. USC is not thoroughly into the tournament. So they don't have much in the non-conference. And maybe also I'm just like 12% scarred from softball. You know, Obviously, the SEC play was not everything when it factored into the committee's decision. Now, these are different committees, obviously. They are technically different sports, even though they operate similarly. But I, I still think that 
Auburn should feel in a better place than softball did, but you lose to Missouri, you open up a lot of possibilities. You open up room for other teams on the border to have big conference tournaments. And certainly, though, you are rooting for those teams that figure to be in the same area that you are. And for uh, Auburn's sake, that is Tennessee, who, again, is in the process of losing right now. And that is Alabama, who, you know, if you want to argue, the, the argument's a little different in baseball than it was in softball. Alabama did take that series against Auburn back earlier in the year. And Alabama's also been pretty hot post-Brad post, uh, Bohannon shenanigans. And so um, it is a tough call. But uh, so far, Auburn pretty pleased that, that Tennessee looks like they're going to go down. And, and uh, again, it's, it's really, though, Auburn can really feel good about themselves that they can just beat Missouri, keep that RPI up. A couple things um, before we move on. Uh, just saw this roll across on Twitter from Eric Kane, who uh, covers Tennessee, Tennessee Vols for On3. Uh, there was an announcement made at PA at the Hoover Met that there is no restart time in place. This was as of seven minutes ago. The tarp is off the field. The grounds crew is working on the field. So they are they're trying to get that, that field back in playable condition and – don't have an exact uh, time when that's going to get back underway. Uh, also, I wanted to run through, you, you mentioned the, the D1 baseball field pro, uh, projections, and we, we can do this for the rest of the week because they, uh, I saw uh, uh, Kendall Rogers tweet out last night that they're going to be updating this every, every day, day as nice. the game goes on, or as the games go on with all the tournaments. Uh, just to, just looking at the SC, where SEC teams would land, uh, they've got Texas A&M as a three seed right now in the Austin Regional with Texas, Dallas Baptist, Texas A&M, and Loyola, Mar- Loyola Marymount. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, Florida as a as a host right now in Gainesville, they'd be hosting Maryland, Kansas State, Central Connecticut. Um, Arkansas is a host right now in their projections. They're with Indiana, Oklahoma, and Maine. They've got Alabama as the 14 seed hosting Southern Miss, Arizona State, and Samford. LSU as a as a host with Washington, Texas Tech, and Nichols. Uh, they've got Auburn right now as the 12 seed hosting uh, East Carolina, who is in a battle right now in the in the AAC tournament. They were up nine to five going to the t- the ninth inning. South Florida came back and took the lead in the top of the ninth, made it 11 to nine. East Carolina then came back and score tied the game in the bottom of the ninth inning they're now in the bottom of the 11th trailing with two outs right now 12 to 11 by one run so east carolina a team that's projected to be in auburn's region right now by d1 baseball uh on the verge of bowing out of the aac tournament uh troy also in that regional alabama state also in that regional uh elsewhere they've got tennessee as the two seed in the coral gables regional with miami kent state and wright state vanderbilt hosting right now with uh, Duke, UC Irvine, and Lipscomb there. South Carolina, the two-seed in the Conway Regional with uh, Coastal Carolina, NC State, and UNC Wilmington. And then the final uh, SEC team in would be Lex- uh, the Lexington Regional, Kentucky hosting Indiana State, Notre Dame, and Moorhead State. No SEC teams right now in either the last four in or the first four out, according to D1 Baseball. So feel pretty good about that. I mean, obviously the Mississippi schools are out. And oh, my lacking uh, Georgia needed Georgia, to win a couple yeah. games to then get they're, in. They're out, and then yeah, I, think I forget if or is it going to be is going to be Missouri, eleven bids. Missouri would need a couple wins to get in too. Okay, Missouri's not Missouri's okay, not in this right. field. So of, ten right bids. Now. Missouri needs a rocket uh, to rocket of a weekend. And uh, beating a team that beating a team that if all if they were to play Auburn tonight and beat them tonight, uh, that would help their their cause from beating a team that's currently projected as a as a host. Yes, that would help them. And again. 
their RPI may be even more relevant than Auburn. They're just trying to make the um, trying to make the field. But uh, Auburn in a good position, and again, start time we don't know because again that my concern too was why it's going to end up functioning as a bad delay was again it already lost the field. You can't like unlose it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of like the racetrack when once you get wet. I mean, you're going to have to dry it. So. Um, they're obviously working on the field. I think sometime this hour they'll get it going again as long as they don't get more rain dumped on it. But, uh, yeah, it's Hoover, uh, and that's uh, that's how it's going. One quick thing before we get our next caller here on the Auburn Bank phone line. Alluded to this at the start of the show. Need to get it in now. So yesterday we told you uh, three new commitments for Auburn football. We told you about Steven Sings, Shane Hooks, and Cyrus Dumas. Well, uh, Christian Clemente put out there this morning and um, more intel. As it turns out, Cyrus Dumas, the New Mexico State corner, has not committed to Auburn. That was not uh, an official uh, commitment, and that it does not look like that will happen now. Um, it, I, I was not able to read the full story as to why. Um, there's some speculation that Auburn might not have a, a, a spot for him anymore. Uh, due to other commitments and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, Dumas is not uh, any longer expected to to come to Auburn. He was, of course, the corner from New Mexico State, um, somebody that, uh, I again, I know that he is a good portal get or a good, good guy, but um, Auburn f- feels pretty good about their DBs, not saying you can't ever – you never have enough good players, but um, felt pretty good about – five, six guys in that secondary, honestly. So, um, again, as with some of these guys, some of these guys would, would be depth. Some of these guys would factor into playing time. Um, some of them might not end up playing a lot at all. Uh, and and for Dumas, although a talented player, again, um, you know, it would be hard to see him at least start. Maybe he would have been in rotation, but um, he is now not looking like he'll be at Auburn. That was not an official commitment and uh, having some retracting statements there uh, about Cyrus Dumas, the corner out of New Mexico State. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Next up, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing today? I am good and War War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I want to get off uh, of my uh, sports list is I'm very upset with the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought they were going to win it tonight, but I guess I was wrong. And I may see uh, LeBron James and the Lakers actually making it back to the NBA Finals next year as well. But I mean, you know, Father Time did beat LeBron James, and I think it's time for LeBron James to actually retire. Oh, that's a bit of a 180 there. I mean, uh, you just said that they might uh, go back to the NBA Finals next year, but then you said he, he might need to retire. Yes, as well, because with with LeBron James getting up in age, he's not like the LeBron James that I knew when he came into the league when he was 23 years old. So, I mean basketball is a young man's game and it looks like he's not uh, performing that well well I, I thought he played well last night I know that his second half was not uh, what everyone hoped it would be but 
Uh, he did have 40 points, 10 rebounds, and I think nine assists. He almost had a 40-point triple-double. So I would not blame that loss on him. Uh, he Maybe he didn't have the best postseason overall. I mean, certainly he has declined some, but he's still a very good basketball player. And, again, I would not put last night on him. I also think you got to give uh, tremendous credit to uh, the Denver Nuggets who have taken – took every punch in that series. There were times where the Lakers led and Denver did not get distracted. They did not get demoralized and, and they kept uh, kept on churning them out. And so uh, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Denver too. Yeah, so I'll uh, give that uh, credit to the Denver Nuggets because after, after the game was uh, said and done, uh, they were saying that the Denver Nuggets, this would be their first time ever making it to the NBA Finals since 1970. And that's a long, long time ago. So I don't know if this will be the uh, Denver Nuggets. I know this will be their first time this year, but I'm just going to see how tonight's game is going to play out between Boston and Miami. So if Boston advances to the NBA Finals, I would like to see a huge, huge, huge matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. But if you really didn't know this about these two teams that are actually going to be meeting up on June the 1st of the NBA Finals, you have to go all the way back to January the 10th, 1950, when these two teams actually met up as well. Yeah, Denver's organization was created in the 1970s, um, so I'm, I'm unfamiliar with uh, Boston and uh, playing them uh, before that. But uh Denver's. This will be their first NBA Finals. They've they've never made it since they uh, were were born in the '70s into the NBA. But uh, yeah, and uh, for for Boston's point of view too. I mean, they're they're down three zero to Miami. So again, very 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 unlikely that they end up in the finals because they they got to win four in a row now. And again, that's something that's that's never been done. And that's the same situation the Lakers were facing too. So it looks like it'll be Miami versus Denver in the finals. Yes, as uh, so if uh, if Boston doesn't win, I'll probably see what uh, Miami would do with Denver if they're going to, um, you know, put their put their uh, hot players to the to the uh, to the flame and uh, turn up the flame in the kitchen and uh, seeing if uh, if Denver won't, uh, you know, if they don't um, if they don't mess up, if they do. With um, with Miami being uh, the Miami Heat, I know they're going to turn up the Heat to 110, so that's going to be a really good uh, hot game that's going to be played tonight as well. Like all, like all the puns there, James. That was that was very clever. Yes, as well. And then with the uh, 100 days to the college football season, uh, that's right around the corner. I'm very, very excited to see uh, a huge rematch between the national champion, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, playing against Alabama to open up the college football season. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Uh, that's going to be coming up like in September or in, uh, somewhere in August or in September as well when the uh, college football season uh, actually kicks off. Yeah, they, they, they're they not on the regular season schedule. If they were to meet, it would be because they'd met uh, in the conference title game as uh, in the SEC championship game. But they're, they're not scheduled to play in the regular season. Okay, so who would open up? the 100 days to the college football season in the regular uh, season of football. 
Yeah, I, I, some of the week one games uh, for the SEC. I mean, there's 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 not a lot of, of big non conference games. It feels like this year, a couple of them got got canceled because I, you know a couple of them were going to uh, play teams that might be going to the league soon. I know Alabama plays Texas, I believe in week two. I want to say, um, but uh, there's not as many big uh, kickoff games this year from the SEC. Yes, as well, because um, I'm actually looking at some uh, some returning uh, rivalry games that are going to be this year, and um, I'm looking at a brand-new uh, improvement for the Camellia Bowl that's going to be coming up uh, this coming up December because I always go to uh, the Camellia Bowl every year in December, and I think Appalachia State and Georgia Southern would actually meet up again because I know some people wanting to see that rematch again and um, I think Appalachian State would be coming back for, I think, their eighth or ninth, uh, probably their ninth time this year. So I think Appalachian State will come back and win another uh, another title to, uh, you know, to actually come back to Montgomery and win another Camellia Bowl as well. Yeah, we shall see. It's kind of hard to do the bowl project, uh, projections before uh, anyone uh, anyone plays, but I know some people definitely do that and start to think ahead a year year in advance, but we'll just have to see how the, the whole season plays out. Yes, that's well, because I'm actually looking at when the when the actual season starts sometime in August or sometime in September. Um, I'm going to just probably see uh, some new uh, new teams, new faces for these new teams and uh, seeing who's going to actually make it to the college uh, playoffs. And I'm looking at um, you know, I'm actually looking at my crystal ball, and I'm actually seeing uh, Georgia actually winning another uh, national SEC uh, championship game in Atlanta again with uh, with Kirby Smart as well. Yeah, I think Georgia will be picked by a lot of teams. Obviously, they've got some uh, things to replace offensively, but uh, and well, they've got players on both sides of the ball to replace. But uh, they will be one of the favorites. They've also got. Um, a little bit lighter of a schedule this year than, than what uh, could happen when you factor in they don't have a, a big non-conference game this year and um, their SEC Eastern Division just still uh, looking for a couple more teams to, to, to rise up a little bit. So I, I like Georgia's chances certainly of winning the East and then uh, that will definitely put them in position to be in the playoff again and, and uh, we will see how it goes down. Yes, as well, because, I mean, this is going to be a really good year to actually see Auburn advance and uh, seeing if we might play uh, Georgia this year in Atlanta as well, because I would like to see Auburn and Georgia play in Atlanta as well. Yeah, we'll see. I I think Auburn's got a lot of work to do still, and they're going to have a lot of improvement, and there's going to be a couple good teams in the West that are going to be tough to get through, but... Auburn hopes to work up to that again soon. I just don't think it'll be this year. Yeah, so if it's not this year, then when we'll work up to that point of actually making it to uh, the college football playoff as well? Yeah, I think a couple years. I mean, the playoff will expand here in 2024, so you only have to be top 12 essentially Mm -hmm. at that point, and that'll make it uh, more doable for some teams and – uh, you know, I, I we'll have to see how this year f- goes first before we kind of determine if if it's going to be more of a two or three or four year uh, process. But uh, I, I do think that Auburn's doing a good job of recruiting. They're they're taking the first steps they need to take, but obviously they've got a lot of work. Yes, as well. And then 
uh, with the NFL uh, season actually right around the corner, I'm actually looking at some uh, new um, hosting spots for the next year's uh, next year's uh, Super Bowl. I'm looking at like uh, Jacksonville, Miami, Atlanta, Texas, um, you know Dallas, Houston, New Orleans. And Las Vegas and um, uh, the 49ers uh, Stadium out there in Santa Clara. Those uh, hosting spots I would like to see, and I would like to actually roll down the dice and uh, seeing a great uh, Super Bowl being played in Santa Clara, California, where the 49ers actually play as well. And then for my Super Bowl uh, picks, I would like to see the New York Jets play against the Cleveland Browns as well. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, one, they do have the next three Super Bowl sites announced. So this coming year, it will be in Las Vegas at Allegiant mm-hmm. Stadium. And then the year after that, they will be uh, in Caesar Superdome, which is in New Orleans. So they'll go to New Orleans in, 2000, uh, in February tw- 2025. And then in 2026, they will be in Santa Clara uh, and San Francisco there for the for that Super Bowl. Yes, as well. And then um, probably like in the near future, like two th- like 2027, I'll probably see it being um, host of the Super Bowl like in Atlanta as well because I think that is a very very good thing that um, me. And my dad, we were talking about it last year, Super Bowl, and we were, you know, contemplating to see if Atlanta was going to host the Super Bowl because I know I'm a huge uh, NFL fan and I've never been to a Super Bowl and I would love to see uh, a Super Bowl in person and actually getting to meet some of the former players of the game and, uh, you know, getting to getting to see a lot of history with uh, the Super Bowl as well and actually taking a picture with the Vince Lombardi trophy as well. Yeah, that would be a really cool experience for sure. Super Bowls are very expensive to go to, but uh, obviously it helps if you don't have to pay a lot for travel, which uh, if it's in Atlanta, you would not have to do that. So uh, hopefully it'll be in Atlanta again soon. I, I think it I think it will uh, with, the, with the stadium they have there. Uh, but the NFL tries to rotate through a bunch of different cities. So, it, you know, it's going to take a few years, but maybe it'll be back in 27 or 28. Yes, as well. And then with the uh, NASCAR um, season still uh, rolling around, I'll probably see who's going to win this weekend. I think the race is actually in Kansas City uh, this coming up weekend. It's in it's in Charlotte this week for the Coke 600. Okay, so that that one um, that is one of my favorite uh, race uh, race tracks in Charlotte and this is the one that I've had so many 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 great memories of seeing this one and every time when they actually host uh, when Charlotte hosts the Coca-Cola 600 I cannot sit and watch this race without drinking a nice cold Coca-Cola and eating a hot dog and just watching this great race from uh the capital of Charlotte, the home of uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which I would love to go and see in Charlotte as well. Yeah, it's a long race, too, so you might even have time to drink two Coca-Colas throughout the race. I mean, it's a long one. 
Yes, it is. It is indeed because I actually uh, sat through one uh, last year when they did it in Charlotte. It was it was a really good one, and I actually was like you know screaming and hooting and hollering to see if uh, Bubba Wallace would actually um, win this. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, 600, and he actually did. And I was just jumping around, jumping for joy. I almost broke my ankle on this one as well. Oh wow! Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful there. You can't get uh, don't get injured in the process of uh, of rooting on your favorite driver. Yeah, as well because I know um, I know I've I've I've, um, I've get excited when it's sports and everything so it's a lot of, it's a lot of energy and excitement for me as well and um i just wanted to ask um when we're going to have another um thunder chickens uh softball uh tournament coming in yeah we're looking forward to the season i we, we don't know the exact start time we we know it's in the month of june we just don't know uh we don't know which which day it'll be yet but um we do plan on playing, and it'll be in probably about three or four weeks, I would say. Okay, so is that just like for you all, or anybody can you know just join the team, or how does that process work? Because I was thinking about joining, joining you all, you know, for the softball uh, tournament as well, and and play with you all as well. Yeah, usually it's got to be guys that that uh, can be here each and every week um, uh, to be able to play. So. Uh, we usually um, we have a bunch of guys that that, um, that play around this area, and we have a, a pretty full roster. But uh, we always appreciate if anyone comes out to root on the team and be an honorary member in the dugout is certainly possible. But as far as being on the team, we already have uh, a bunch of guys that, that usually go out there and play. But uh, we always welcome anybody to come see us. Uh, all right, sounds good in War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out of the show, back with birthdays and sports, and more sports call right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and impatient Brooks Childress. You have important things to say, man? I just, you know, if you want to keep music playing, 
Hey, look, this is a music station most hours of the day. Uh, we do uh, we do get on here and say a few words about about Auburn sports and about the sports world, but uh, the Tigers always alternative. Always we, you know that. alternative. Uh, but uh, appreciate all of our phone calls so far today. We've already heard from Ward MC, Matt, and James. If you want to give us a call on the Auburn Make phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free. One triple eight nine Tiger Nine. James brought up enjoying an ice cold Coca Cola with the Coke Six Hundred this weekend in Charlotte. We want to remind you that Coca Cola is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call podcast. If you ever miss Sports Call live, or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice cold Coca Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca Cola, taste the feeling. Of course, you can listen to the Sports Call podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and the Tiger Communications app. Before we go any further today, let's do another segment we do each and every day, Birthdays in Sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union. Two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Today we have Aaron Donald, who turns 32, defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. Donald grew up in Pittsburgh and was a three-star athlete in high school. Played college football at Pittsburgh. Go Pitt! Where he was a three-year starter, winning several awards as a senior in 2013, winning ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Drafted 13th overall by the Rams and has started for the team since. Nine-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and one-time Super Bowl champion. Aaron Donald turns 32 today. Guy you wouldn't want to run into in a dark alley. Not at all. Penn Hills High School. Go Indians. Wow. All right. So, there's been a lot of Indians for, uh, yeah. for high school. I feel like that's the most common name so far. Just the, the couple weeks we've been doing this. Jordan Zimmerman turns 36. Free agent, major league uh, pitcher. Zimmerman was born in Wisconsin, where he was a four-year starter as a high schooler. He was drafted by the Nationals in 2007, made his debut in 2009. Two-time All-Star and one-time NL wins leader, Jordan Zimmerman turns 36. Today, there was a little phase there in Washington where, um, you know, it was a little confusing. You had Ryan Zimmerman and Jordan Zimmerman. Was there any relation? No. A lot of Zimmermans out there, but... Uh, Jordan Zimmerman was a quality pitcher for Washington for a while. He turns 36 today. They had good rotation for a while. It was Strasburg, Zimmerman. Um, well, they had Scherzer at one point. I don't know how I don't they, think he was in, in how they overlapped with Zimmerman. But, um, I, I, I guess that he went to the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. I, I, I don't know. Sure. Go Pointers. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I would. I, I I see what you were going there now, as I see. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman. Yes, yeah, pitcher from uh, pitch from the National. Yeah, Auburndale. Also pitched Al- for the Tigers. Yeah, Auburndale, Wisconsin attended University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. There you go. Yeah. Go Pointers. <laughs> Rod Thorne turns eighty-one. Former NBA guard and executive. Thorne was born in West Virginia. Played two. Uh, was a two-time All-American as a high schooler. Attended West Virginia. Mountaineers. Where he played both baseball and basketball, starting for both for three seasons. One-time SoCon Player of the Year and two-time All-American. His number 44 is retired by West Virginia. Drafted second overall by the Washington Bullets in 1963 and played for eight years before becoming a coach and later an executive. 
He's most famously remembered for being the GM who drafted Michael Jordan to the Bulls and the chairman of the Dream Team in the late 90s. Ron Thorne turns 81 today. Princeton High School. Go Tigers. Tigers. Oh. <laughs> Makes sense. James Hasty turns 57. Former NFL cornerback. Hasty was born in Seattle, played college football at Washington State. Go Dogs. Following his college career, Hasty was drafted in the third round by the Jets in 1988, played 13 years in the NFL, most for the Jets. Two-time All-Pro, one-time Pro Bowler. In 1999, he led the NFL in interceptions. James Hasty turns 57 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. I don't have a high school for James Hasty. Well, you had to do it hastily. I uh, did have to do it. It's not as long of a read there. I, I did do it hastily, but uh, no, no success found. Well, maybe you'll uh, see something over the over the break there. As we it says take, he went to Washington State. Is that not what I said? I thought you said Washington. I said Washington State. Oh, oh go Cougs. Okay, he just didn't. Yeah, China. I said dogs. Yeah, that's a, I, I thought little, you said Washington. Yeah, I, I, me and this side of the table thought you said just Washington. Maybe I just said Washington. It's Washington State, though. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I thought I heard the go dogs, but then I was like, wait, Washington State. Mass confusion. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't live radio. Yeehaw. But that uh, will do it for birthdays and sports. Going to take our next time out. More sports call after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here. Hey-o. Coming up in hour number three, we'll do something that is not as sports-related. Town Name Tuesday coming up in just a little bit. I'm excited for that. We are all excited, I believe. So let's talk some uh, some football here in a roundabout way because it's, it's also about um, an entire conference. It's about the landscape of of media with sports and with sports business and the revelation here um, yesterday with the Pac-12 who is yet again just not doing good things in the negotiating world in the, the sports media world they're continuing to struggle with their media rights package, which in turn is affecting the potential that they might lose that conference or lose more teams at least and have to really reshape the conference. So this is via Andrew Marshan the other day. Uh, Reports say that ESPN and Pac-12 are having no substantive talks at this time. ESPN passed on Big Ten. They passed on Sunday Ticket, Premier League, Champions League, and MLS. 
So the idea it will be completely out on Pac-12 is not in the least bit surprising. Things can always change, and maybe Pac-12 can figure out a creative way to get ESP involved. But right now, that seems very unlikely. Now, this is on the heels of reports from USA Today. I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see the numbers that each team got paid out from these respective conferences? I did not. So it might or might not surprise you, depending on how closely you follow this. The Big Ten actually paid its members the most. Their media rights deal is a little newer than the SEC's, which obviously will kick in uh, next year in 2024. But the Big Ten paid each of its schools $58.8 million. The SEC was second at $49.9 million, so basically $50 million a school. The Big 12 was in the 42 to 44.9 range. The ACC was in the 37.9 to 41.3 million range. Again, those are because they do have some some difference depending on where you finish and what what value you bring. And then Pac-12 was last. Every school made 37 million. Look, it's not a wide chasm between those bottom conferences with the ACC and the Big 12, but the issue here is the next deal the deal in which is about to take place because you combine the fact that the Pac-12 is already fifth amongst these Power 5 schools and they are in such disarray trying to organize another media rights package that that is making their member schools uneasy. It just is. They don't have a long-term deal there. And we talked, I don't know, maybe two months ago now, we talked about the possibility they would do streaming only, which was just uh, not a good idea for the Pac-12. Uh, we've talked about in the office a little bit, jokingly, that there might be some real tertiary networks that they might have to go to, a la CW potentially might get be involved. Good old live golf. Yeah, I mean, r- really a robust sports package that CW has. Um, this is not in a good place. And I continue to bring these up. Yes, numbers fascinate me. Yes, I do care about the business of sports. It is, again, something that excites me more than most. But this is the thing that would lead to the super conferences. This is the thing. It is money. You don't join these super conferences because you want even more tough competition. That's not why Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big 12. They're leaving the Big 12 because they want more money. I'm just saying Oklahoma would be perfectly fine seeing in the Big 12 winning it every single right. year and getting a playoff spot. Yeah, th- th- that's, that's not what motivates them. Money motivates. And that's why they left the Big 12 for the SEC. The SEC, again, yes, they're behind the Big 10 here. But the SEC's again is still working off a different media right. Still, They're, that fifty million dollar figure will go up here in two years. But also, I don't know if you saw this. Bring, this is a good time to bring it up and talk about media rights. The Big Twelve, Big Ten, is apparently in some fluctuation with their media rights deal because you know we talked about. I think it was last week or the week before we brought up that Michigan and Ohio State was going to be a primetime game. Right. Well, apparently, the when you know Kevin Warren, who was their commissioner, left. And the media rights deal wasn't officially done done. And Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State are like, we don't want primetime games in November. And that's the NBC deal is getting these primetime games, which would include, like we said, this year's Michigan-Ohio State game in primetime. And they're like, we don't want to do that. 
So the three of the biggest brands in the in the Big Ten are like, I don't want to play a primetime game that late in the season. And, and that's so they're problematic. Having, they're yeah. having some fun with their media rights deal too. They, I, I think they and the Pac-12 sent out memos that they might have to pay some money back to the networks. Uh, and that would be why in the case of the Big Ten. So not only – like I was, Washington State's AD went on record with Brett, yeah. Mur- Brett McMurphy. So not only did the Pac-12, for example, get $37 million per team, which was last, they might have to pay some of that back to replenish the money that – uh, was not evaluated correctly and, and not given to the networks based off of the, the available games. And in the same case, that's what you're talking about with, with the Big Ten. If the Big Ten and, and these schools don't actually do and provide these primetime games for NBC, potentially, I don't know if Fox wants any primetime games or if they're good with Big Noon Saturday. But if, if they if they don't give them any uh, primetime games, which were agreed upon, then they're going to have to give some of that value back. It is more lucrative, obviously. We, we're yeah. not dumb here. It's more lucrative to have a primetime game at 6.30 for for ads, for advertising, than it is to play at 11 a.m., period. It does not matter how you market your game. The ratings will still, in general, be best. Now, 2.30 is different because the SEC's done it for so long. The SEC has such big brands. But in general, all things being equal, you you will have better ratings with the same game if you play it at 6, 7 o'clock than if you do play it at 11 or noon. Um, and and advertisers, think, advertisers think that way. Therefore, the, the spots they sell for those broadcasts are more valuable. That, that's how it works. Um, so with all this being said, it's not a huge issue for the Big Ten. Yeah, it's discom- discomfort and it's you know bad – you know, a little bit of badgering going on there, and it might make the SEC get more money per team than the Big Ten here in a couple of years. But it's not gonna. It's not like Big Ten teams are gonna freak out. Yeah. But for the Pac-12, they are freaking out because they're on the heels of being last of the Power Five, and they're losing USC and UCLA unless the state gets involved, which they're trying to. But I, I don't ultimately think that's gonna happen. And so that's why this new media rights deal they've been negotiating has been so but so terrible, and, and no one wants it, because the Pac-12 sees itself as a power conference, but, it, but the, the other the, the, the media companies view the Pac-12 as something less than that. They, they see the value of the remaining programs, and that does not tell them that that is worth the other power conferences. And they're right, it's not. You take USC and UCLA out of that league. Yes, Oregon's a good program. Yes, Washington has a nice base up there near Seattle. But I'm sorry, that's not the same animal as yeah. these other conferences. Yeah. So all this to say is you can't rest yet. If you are somebody that does not want to see the super conferences, you don't want to see the ACC or Pac-12 dissolve, the situations are still fluid. That's what an ACC athletic director said last week, and we told you about that. And that's clearly what's going on with the Pac-12, a league that's already fifth out of five, a league that is struggling to come up with its next media rights deal, and a league that's now having to have some teams pay back a little bit of that $37 million because they've not provided the value promised to these networks. Uh, It is a disappointing situation. I, again, have told you many times that I do not want there to be just two or three huge conferences. But if this continues, if this bickering over the money continues, it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, you, 
I mean, and it, it, it's, you know, I don't want to say it's, you know, people trying to get, you know, take advantage of, you know, or trying to catch up to the SEC, but it kind of feels, and I, I know this is, you know, I, I bring this up quite often, but it kind of feels like, you know, some of these other conferences are trying to, you know, rush into TV deals because the SEC is getting, you know, the SEC is, continues to be the conference that is doing things, what seems like they're doing things right. They've got the big ESPN deal. There's not a lot of there's not bickering between the schools, uh, you know, about oh what we need to do this, we need to do this. Everybody's kind of in lockstep with Greg Sankey, and they're like they trust him him to do do stuff. When you are when when you are a conference, a Power Five conference, and you're the you know the second playing second, third, fourth fiddle to who have the number one conferences, you're that's when you're going to start getting more and more. You know, well, why can't we do this? Look at what the SEC is doing. Why can't we do that? And so, you know, I, I just I cannot wait to watch uh, Pac-12 After Dark when it comes on VH1 uh, this fall. It's just gonna it's gonna be fun, you know. VH1 MTV, you're yeah. gonna get you're gonna get a, no telling M- MTV the Pac-12 on MTV with guest sideline analyst <laughs> Snooky. Oh my gosh, oh. gracious. It's not the kind of access we're looking for. Snoop Dogg on the play-by-play. <laughs> well, that would actually be that would pretty be funny. funny. You know, not if you're trying to be serious no. about the sport. For shizzle. Uh, yeah. Snoop Dogg and um, uh, Bill Walton on the same basketball oh, wow. game. How about that? Oh, my Lord in heaven. Um, that would be unwatchable con- for might some. Might get a contact high just from watching that. That <laughs> yeah, would be something else. We are out of time. Uh, in hour number two. When we come back, it is a Tuesday. It is a Town Name Tuesday. We'll have Town Name Tuesday in hour number three. Stay tuned. That is coming up next. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Our number three is Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoie, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with us. We're also going to welcome into the studio Mr. Brant Dauntry. He's going to participate in Town Name Tuesday. Howdy, boys. Uh, We've already heard his name like two or three times on the show. And a call. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That is, I was in the lobby that for, is that, correct. for that call. Uh, that <laughs> is correct. Now he's officially on he's the show. He's officially here. Not to uh, confuse anybody, but uh, we have... Uh, a fun segment that we've done, I don't know, just once or twice in 2023. Uh, it's something that JJ created a few years back. 
It's time for Town Name Tuesday. Let's give you the intro. First, JJ talked a little too much about Asheville. Now Brooks proclaims his love for the 251. It's time to look at some of the other fun towns in the country. It's Town Name Tuesday. Town Name Tuesday with Mr. Brooks Childress, who uh, loves the 251. I do. You want to know a fun fact? What's a fun this, fact? Uh, Town Name Tuesday fun fact. Uh, during my uh, prep for weddings, as you know, send out uh, invitations all over the place. In the 251, there's a town called Vinegar Bend. Vinegar Bend? Yeah. Vinegar they Bend. sell good vinegar there. I guess so. Sounds well, like there's like a, a river that runs through it. Honestly. I think it's it's either the Tom Bigby or the Alabama River, right above right above Mobile, Bowen County, Washington County, hmm. part of the two five one. Okay, Vinegar well, see, Bend, I'm, Alabama. Well, see, I'm for, I'm originally from the seven oh six over there in Georgia, and uh, right outside of there is Box Springs. Not to be com- confused with the Box Springs that goes on your bed, but it is <laughs> Box Springs, I, Georgia. I think I've been through Box Springs before. Yeah. Box Springs, Georgia. I live four seven eight is my night. area code. See, I'm I don't know of any of the random good ones around Birmingham. I'm sure they exist. But uh I, I don't I don't have any any big ones that I know of. But see, we've already done Town Name Tuesday with Alabama a few times, and so I don't want to get too familiar with it. Now maybe we can do it again at some point, but you're gonna hear names and you'll be like, Oh, we've done that one before. No. And you're probably going to think that uh, it was Alabama or one of the ones because we've done a lot of the ones around the South here, right? Uh, before, so I we're gonna have some at some point that are just gonna make no sense. Uh, they're just gonna be two random states that are not near here and that you probably never been to. And then at that point, we will uh, we will really just be Delaware. confused and be guessing. Yeah, <laughs> Delaware, Montana, Wyoming. Something just egregiously far from here, where where no one has uh, has been to or 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 at least heard much about. Um, but uh, again, so today we thought we we'd still make it make some sense though while the athletic season is still going on. The last time we did it was uh, SEC tournament or excuse me NCAA tournament for college basketball, and we did it Iowa versus Texas because Auburn was going to play Iowa first, and if they advanced, they were going to play Houston, which scored from the state of Texas. So along those lines, we're going to do it kind of the same way today where Auburn is about to play Missouri in baseball. If they win, they'll play Vanderbilt, which is from the state of Tennessee. So we're going to do Missouri versus Tennessee All today. Right. One team, one state that decidedly is in the South, in the Southeastern Conference. One that's a little newer to the party, a little debatable, but they're going to have friends from near the Midwest uh, join from Oklahoma and Texas. So, anyway, Missouri versus Tennessee today on Town Name Tuesday. Brooks, yeah. take it away. All right. Are you feeling good today? No. Never I, are. I, I did terrible on our last one, if I remember correctly. I, yes. I yeah. think I finally got one at the very end, but I was off on I think I lucked them. into like 8 out of 10 yeah. or 12 or something like that. It was I, bad. I want to say I was playing along. I don't think I was on the show, and I did okay, but I, I surely do not remember. All right. So, Missouri or versus Tennessee. Tennessee. How many do we have today? However many you want. Whoa. All right. Well, okay. we'll, just, we'll just go until we run out of I've time. I've got... Up to, I've got up, well, we can do up to 
15 total. Okay. If you want. Nice. Yeah, we usually do 10 to 12. We'll play it on 12. If we get the other three. It's great. So pick pick your 12 out that you like more than the All other right. three. And then uh, if we get three more, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, we sound like we might be off to a good start here. Start legs off strong with Knob Noster. Knob Noster. Two words. K N O B. Okay. Space. N-O-S-T-E-R Knobnoster Spelled how it sounds then Knobnoster I'm going to say Tennessee For some reason I've heard of Knobnoster And I, for some reason I'm wanting to say it's Tennessee I, I was also wanting to say Tennessee I don't know why What's that? But I, I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee What's that? Uh, is it whiskey? It's Knob Creek Bourbon? Yeah. yeah Yeah Is that from Tennessee? Am I being... Th- is this just stupid? Nah, I, think, line? I think I, Nob, I think Knob Creek is from Kentucky. Kentucky. I, also, the I think the Knob and Knob Creek is spelled. It starts Different, with a okay. K. It starts with a K. I think. Well, this one. This one starts with a K. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's K-N-O-B. Oh, it is K-N-O-B? Okay. I don't know. I'm just trying. You said N-O-B. Okay. Trying to connect any dot on anywhere on the map. You both go to Tennessee. I I did go Tennessee. Yeah. Tom, you went Tennessee. Tennessee. Contrarian. Are you going to try for the sweep? Why not? I'm going to be aggressive. Missouri. Missouri. Knob Noster is located on U.S. Route 50 in Johnson County. Oh, that's in Tennessee. Missouri. Missouri. Oh! oh. oh a, yes! Yeah, I'm, I'm doubting myself until the very end. Yeah. Located Not, adjacent to uh, Whiteman Air Force Base. Okay. That's right. That's Knob, a, Knob Noster State Park is new. How many of these do you have info for? Like on, on how they. I'm just I'm I'm looking them up as I go along because okay. I, I usually have a website that gives me a little bit of information. The what I it's I'm using the same website. They didn't give me a lot this time, so I'm I'm looking things up as I go. But uh, founded in 1856, all uh, authorities agree that the name is connected with the prominent mound or knob that stand uh, isolated on the prairie near the town. All right, okay. makes sense. And the uh, second part of the name is said to have been suggested by a school teacher, but the origin is uncertain. Okay. So Knob Noster. Knob Noster. I see. No. Could you have just gone Knob? Yes, Knob. Did we have to have knob a second Missouri. name? I don't know. Just a thought. Knob uh, uh, Noster was mentioned in the 1983 American television movie The Day After. Oh. Okay. I've never seen it. Never seen it. I don't have any famous people from Knob Noster. Listed. Did we? Did you see how big it was? Was it a couple hundred people, a couple thousand? Uh, population as of 2020 was 2,782. Okay, a couple size. thousand. Yep. All right. Good size. A lot of people to put on one hill. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got next? All right, next. Uh, Knob Creek yeah, Burger. Oh, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm Knob, we're not done. I'm uh, sorry. Knob Creek, Knob Creek Whiskey is brewed in Claremont, Kentucky. There okay, you go. so I was off base there. All uh, right. That would be the six. Knob Noster would be the six six zero. By the way, six six zero. All right. Well, I'm glad that third number's not a six. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> All right, you ready for the next one? Yes, I'm ready. Yes, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. B o u r b o n. Bourbon. Was I kind of like subconsciously on a wavelength there? That's why I was trying to name a whiskey or bourbon. Yeah. Uh, so just bourbon. Bourbon. See, bourbon is normal. So. Tennessee is whiskey. Kentucky is bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes me want to go Missouri. That makes me think, though, that people in North Tennessee were salty. And they <laughs> wanted their own well. town name. Now, of course, it's never that deep. 
it's always just like people learning the English language or right. just naming it after somebody. I'll go Tennessee though. I mean, you can Brent? distill whiskey pretty much anywhere. I... But you can uh, like bourbon, Kentucky. I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee. Tom? I'm feeling Tennessee. I'm, I'm sticking with Missouri. You stuck with Missouri? Yeah. Bourbon is located on I-44 between Sullivan and another town that could be named later. Oh. <laughs> Missouri. Oh. Okay. I'm... We're all Sad. one and one then. Sad. Population of 1632 is the last is a uh, 2010 census. The name Bourbon refers to bourbon whiskey and is believed to be the only town in the United States to be named after bourbon whiskey. Okay, which oh. is a fun fact. No bourbon, Kentucky. Really? Real? That is interesting. Is there a? Well, I'm not going to ask that question because we might get to it later. Well, we can ask. Well, I was going to ask: Is there like a? So Kentucky is known specifically for bourbon, yeah. right? Like bourbon whiskey. So I was like, is there a rye Kentucky? But I wouldn't guess so because it's bourbon. Is there a vodka somewhere? No. <laughs> Taylor just... Louderman, Broadway actress known for Bring It On and Mean Girls, was raised in bourbon as a child. And Ruthie Ross, Playboy Playmate, June 1973, born hey. in bourbon in 1948. How about that? Uh, that's, that's two there. Yeah. Out, of, out of a population of out 1,600. Of the, out of the 573. Uh, uh, 1,567 as of the 2020 census. Wow. So oh, they did update. They're, they're I was going to say, wasn't there more recent uh, census? And is it concerning you that the <laughs> recent census does not did not do it? All right, so they did drop a few. Yeah, it was 1,600-something. Well, now it's 1,500. You had some notable people leave. Yep. True, and their families. They, they got out of there. Yeah. All right. It's close All right. Everyone's one and one. It's close to Cuba, Missouri. We'll Did be you? using that one later. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Tom. All right, so we only Took have one we're only able to do now fourteen. He had that on the list. Yeah. Oh, that was on the list. That that's why he list. said one that would not be named. Oh well, that's okay. He was going to fight you that that was not a good enough name. For I know. Uh, I think it's a town named Cuba is pretty pretty different. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All so, right. Well, sorry. Down to fourteen. Sorry to mean to ruin your party. It's all right. That's fine, Tom. <laughs> Uh, update the baseball game in uh, in Hoover has just finished. The Aggies defeat the Volunteers of uh, Tennessee. Okay. Oh, so next game will start about maybe 540, 545. Oh. Auburn maybe looking around 9 o'clock then. All right. So we Tennessee are, falls. What a, couldn't yeah, everyone's to, just going to be very upset about that one. Couldn't happen to a bigger jackass. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. He ain't we wrong. are doing ain't wrong. Yeah. towns from the state of Missouri and Tennessee. Next up, we're going to Christmasville. Christmas Everyone loves the holidays. Christmas Christmasville. Got to go Tennessee. Oh. You've had two Missouri, so I'm also going to say Tennessee, but I also think Christmasville, Tennessee is pretty cool. And for some reason, I'm picturing Christmasville, Tennessee being over in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Kind of a near that. Sevierville yeah. and yes. Gatlinburg and all that. I had that exact same thought, which concerns me, which means it's probably Missouri. I'll go Tennessee with you guys, but it's going to be Missouri now. Trying to get on the board here. Christmasville is located on State Route 190. To be more specific, Tennessee State Route okay. 190. Okay. And it is uh, actually in western Tennessee, nowhere near uh, Sevierville. That's on the complete opposite side of Tennessee. Yeah, unincorporated community in Carroll County, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, a lot close. Well, it's not really close to Memphis, but it's a lot closer to Memphis than 
Gatlinburg, Sevierville, and all that. Tennessee's such a long state. No. It's so <laughs> wide. William Parker Caldwell, <laughs> Tennessee politician, was born Short, in Christmas, but long. Christmasville. <laughs> I mean, it is... I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, you drive that thing east to west, uh, you are it's gonna take going to take... Yeah. It's going to be... Well, you're literally going... From, from west to east, I mean, you're literally going from Mississippi to North Carolina. Yeah. That's a long, long way. Yeah. <laughs> As advertised, it's not... Not short, so I mean, you do have to give me some landmarkers there if it's closer to Memphis or Nashville or East Tennessee. But all right, so over over in the general side of, of Memphis, yeah. North Northwest Tennessee. All right, all what right. Do we got next. We're gonna go to Kissy Mills, K I S S E E I N G O K I S S E E Kissy. M-I-L-L-S. Kissy Mills. Well, how was the kiss you spelled? I was acting up. How was kiss you spelled again? K-I-S-S-E-E. E-E. Okay. <laughs> Space. I, M-I-L-L-S. I don't know why I always ask for spelling. It never helps Kissy me. Kissy Mills. I, I'm going to go Missouri, and I really don't have a reason why other than a gut feeling. I, I, I try to say it in my head and see which one sounds better. Kissy Mills, Tennessee, or Kissy Mills, Missouri. You see, that was JJ's uh, strategy. Yeah. He rarely got them correct. It's it's not a good strategy, but I do think Missouri sounds better. And also, I haven't voted for Missouri yet, so I'm going to go Missouri. Would there Two be Missouris. more Mills in Tennessee? Yeah, mm. that's a good question. Like, what what is what's the, the waterways look like in both of these states? Well, doesn't the Mississippi River run through Missouri? Next to it. Uh, next to it's Missouri. Also the Missouri River, which is pretty big. Oh. I don't know. I don't, see, there's a lot. You can try and be as logical as possible, and it just would make no sense in the end. I will go yeah. Missouri. But Tennessee for the Mills thing would is what makes sense to me. I'm just right. ignoring what makes sense to me. So we're going all three Missouri, which means it's got to be Missouri. Woo. Sh- and it's, it's technically pronounced Kizzy. Okay. Kizzy Mills. No, I like that you said Kissy. Though. But, it, you know, I just read it's it. a lot more Kissy fun. Mills. Uh, it is a census-designated place in Taney County, Missouri. What is that? What is census? That means it's not a uh, official um, place. It's just census. It's oh, there. census wants the count, even yeah. though it's not corporated. Right. Post okay. office called Kissy Mills. Kizzy Mills has been on operation since 1871. The community was named for A.C. Kizzy, the proprietor of a local Mill. Mill. It's part of the uh, Branson Metropolitan, or excuse me, the Branson Micropolitan Statistical yeah. Area. Don't give them too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> Not metropolitan, micropolitan. Yeah. So, yeah Very tiny. Right, right there in Branson, Missouri. So no population count or? 1,023 is of 2020 is what I Okay. Got. That's, again, respectful. What's the, do we recall the smallest town we've ever done? Like five, I think. Really? I we had I, I, I think I do remember us having one that had like five people or something like that. I mean, that's just a family. Pretty much. Yeah. They run that place. It's all them. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think we'll get smaller than that. But thousand is still pretty small. Yeah. yeah. There's a town somewhere I've seen it on TV that is like a population of one because it's a woman that runs a post office and that's designated as an I am an institution (laughs) (laughs) she can truly say that about herself she is she's a unit (laughs) absolute unit a unit 
All right. Well, well, let's do one more. I we'll am the to- machine. <laughs> All right. One more. We'll go we're to making break. a movie off of that. That's incredible. <laughs> Next, we're going to go take a trip to Nankipu. Nankipu. <laughs> Nankipu. One word. N-A-N-K-I-P-O-O. Nankipu. It's got to be Tennessee. I, I just say, I feel like that's it a Tennessee. It screams yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. We've been I'm, doing pretty well together here. Recently. I'm saying Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee, too. All right. Three, three in a row. Three in a row for me, I think. How do you spell it again? N-A-N-K-I-P-O-O. Nankinpu. It is established in the 1800s. Uh-huh. It is a small country town. Yes, it is. In West... Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The West Missouri, we're starting to get out there. Yeah. A little West. Spell it again. N A N. N A N K I P O O. Nankipu. Nankipu. Tennessee. Man. No Wikipedia page for it. Yikes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. They, Wikipedia is, doesn't even like Nankipu. I'm on nankipu.com. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been updated since the early 2000s? Uh, don't look like it. All right. But they do have, fi- it's here, finally Nankapu has high-speed internet. I don't know when that was posted. <laughs> Any And so nothing We've about got Verizon the coverage or anything. Uh, I'm worried about it. Established in the 1800s. That's what we got here. Um, and they've got internet or they had do, it. They do. They, do. <laughs> they have a website. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I got nothing else for you. I can get you the guest book. Is there a Nankapoo the, High School? I, no, I can't. You are not the, found. I got the 10 best things to do in Nankapoo, Tennessee. On there are 10, 10 things, things to do? Is to it do? like sleep, eat, <laughs> go to the bathroom, watch TV, read? Use the brand new high-speed internet? <laughs> Use the internet? There's three uh, pictures. It looks, like, it looks like it's all like other places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Memf- yeah, I don't think the Memphis Zoo is in Nankapoo, Tennessee. No. No. Yeah, we're not counting that. All right. Life in Nankapoo. No. Yeah, probably wildlife. Probably uh, don't go out out near the the woods at night. All right, we're going to take our first time out of hour number three. We're doing some Town Name Tuesday. We've done five. Probably won't have time for seven more. We'll do at least five more, though, on the other side of this time out. To the show, send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Notchery in here right now. Full studio. Having a lot of fun with Town Name Tuesday. Uh, second one I think we've done in 2023. They'll start to be a little more frequent here next few months. Nankapoo. <laughs> and we're going through Missouri and Tennessee town names. And let's get right back to it. More Town Name Tuesday. We've done five do about five more here. 
What do we got? All right, we're going to start things off on the second half of our journey through the wonderful, wacky world of town names in the United States of America, specifically Missouri and Tennessee. We're going to go. We're going to take a visit to Edith. 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 E-D-I-T-H. Wife of Archie from Archie Bunker. Wow. Edith Bunker. I'm going to... Archie! Archie! I'm going to say Missouri. I don't know why, but... Edith, I was I Edith was also Missouri. thinking Missouri. Edith, Missouri. Sure. Missouri. That, I, yeah, I mean, again, I don't have a good reason for it, but it sounds more Missouri-like. This is the most wholesome edition of Town Name Tuesday we've ever done. We just continuously agree. Yeah. Mm. And we're getting There's, a lot of them right. Yeah. Yeah. Stick together. Edith. So we got all three Tennessee. Yeah. Th- no, Missouri. Missouri. All three Missouri. Missouri. Edith, according to research there are 13 communities in the united states named edith wow they're in there's an alabama an arizona colorado georgia kansas louisiana nebraska north carolina ohio oklahoma texas virginia there's 14 west virginia and tennessee oh Oh. guys you led me astray how dare you i'm just kidding yeah Oh. Edith, Tennessee. Great great name for your grandmother. <laughs> or a town to live in. Or a town to live in. Yeah, 14 states. Most of those were around here. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a... That's I, all I got for you. It's 500 feet above sea level. Yeah. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing on Wikipedia about Located in Lauderdale County, Tennessee. Well, uh, what part of the state's Lauderdale County? That's a great question. I think... The, the last one we had in Tennessee was in Lauderdale County because I looked it up on the map. Oh. And I think it was close. I, was it Nankapoo? I think Nankapoo's in Lauderdale County. Does that make it northwest Tennessee? Near Memphis? Near Memphis. Southwest. Over on that side of the state. The other side. All right. All right. Tennessee is where Edith can be found. Is and 14 others. 13, of, 13 yeah. other places. Mostly around the southeast. Ten best things to do in Edith, Tennessee. Go to other cities. Go, right. go somewhere is it else. Edith? Yeah, the actual founder, Edith. <laughs> she, she's still she's, hanging she's around still, somewhere. Still, still kicking. Yeah. She's got, All right. got a bowl full of Werther's Originals. Ooh. The strawberry candies. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, that brings me back to Brooks going around the office asking us, would you like a Werther? Would you like a Werther? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about that. <laughs> he did that for like 30 yeah, straight minutes did. one time. He did. He did that for like a month. You couldn't talk to him. Would you like a Werther? <laughs> A wor- wor- we've, got, we've got this little candy bowl out on, a, out on the front desk And we had Werther's Originals in there one time Son, you need to shape up Here's a Werther <laughs> yes. Alright, you ready for your next one? Yeah, we work we hard too deep We are very that. serious yeah. and, and we work we work diligently Oh, we're not about to be serious here Conception Junction is where we're going next <laughs> Conception Junction Conception Junction Conception Junction <laughs> Oh, um Mills and junctions feel like they belong in Tennessee. Yeah. But the last one go, was a mill was in Missouri. I don't care. I don't care. It's not. I'm going Tennessee this time. I, I'm going Missouri. I'm going to go Tennessee. Two Tennessees and a Missouri. Yeah, okay. Conception Junction is a city in Nutaway County, Missouri. Uh, Let's go. All right. Population yeah. of 198 as of the 2010 oh, yes. census. Oh, but we don't have a 2020? 
At which I, time, I, I it was did. a town. Okay. 177 as of 2020. Bro. So we went down. Yeah. We actually have a Wikipedia page for Conception Junction. Does it, does it say why it's called that? Conception and can we Junction talk about it on the radio? was named for a railroad junction between the Wabash and the, and the Chicago Great Western Railroads. Both lines are now gone. Okay. Hmm. You ever heard of the Wabash Cannonball? No. Mm. Yeah, well, everybody's heard of the Wabash Cannonball. Brian apparently didn't. Brian didn't. I guess I'm old. Uh, This side of the table knew it. Well, they also didn't know that it was Washington State earlier birthday. Nothing. No. Kansas State plays it. I know that. I'm lost. Conception Junction is in Missouri. Conception Junction. All right. There, I feel like there are a lot of junctions in the southeast. Yes. Well, the Midwest. Rail. 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 Don't, don't call Missouri the southeast. It's the Midwest. <laughs> it's in the southeastern conference. Nah, it it counts. Anything. Next, we're going to Blue Eye. Blue Eye. Blue Eye. That Yo. just, that just sounds Tennessee to me. It sounds like a fish, which makes me think Tennessee eye. for some reason. Like a freshwater carp or something. Yeah, blue eye. Makes Got me a good blue I think, eye. I'm thinking a walleye, but I like Tennessee. Tennessee for that one, too. Yeah. I agree with you guys. Three I just, two. I think it just sounds like white people. <laughs> <laughs> blue well, eye. I feel like the population is pretty high in both states, I'll uh, be honest. As of the 2020 census had a population of 289, population estimate as of 2021 is 390, so they oh, went up. Oh, yes. They went up. Added it's growing. Hundred. It's an unincorporated village. In Stone County, Missouri. Oh, come on, man. You Dang. can't use logic on this. And you know what? It's adjacent to Blue Eye, Arkansas. Oh, it's Blue okay. Eye, Arkansas. Blue Eye now, was... Now, do they have more... Who has more people? Who has bragging know, that's rights? A great question. Which village? <laughs> do they have village games? 200, 298 people of 2020. And the 417. Blue Eye was uh, named for the noted blue eye color of an early postmaster that was there. So, okay, wow. no, we finally got a weird one. No, time out. Yep. Weird one. Go ahead. They named a village after someone's eye color. Yeah. Are these like the most beautiful blue eyes that I've ever seen? Like, come on. Like, seriously? I don't know. That's just weird. That's imagine, the weirdest one. Imagine having eyes that are so blue they name a town after you. That's kind of right. That's got a. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, blue eyes. I just want there, to meet that person. That was captivating blue eyes. There is one very famous person from blue eye. Or, or not from, I guess they spent some time in blue eye, Missouri. Is it who? Did he or she have blue eyes? Is this who the town's named after? No. Is it Frank Sinatra? It is not. Mm. Do y'all remember uh, Jim and Tammy Baker, the uh, televangelists? Nope. No, I is don't. That before, that's I do. before y'all's time? Or just didn't watch televangelists? Man, y'all are so young. Yes. And, uh, I've avoided yeah. televangelists typically. Uh, no, My televangelist is Scott Van Pelt. Well, the, <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I I avoid them too. But I mean, these were like very famous. SNL used to do skits on them all. Tammy Baker, really? Tammy okay. Tammy Faye Baker used to cry, and her makeup would run down her face. And SNL used to do skits on them all the time. And then they got in like major trouble for. Uh, I don't know, Jim such, Baker. Such is the natural progression of massive televangelists oh, get yeah. made fun of on SNL, then get in actual trouble. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, Jim. Yeah, because I think I think Jim Baker actually went to uh, prison. Uh, but 
Yeah, he uh, remarried, Yikes. returned to televangelism. Stop it, founding, would never. Yeah. Founding, founded <laughs> yeah. Morningside Church in Blue Eye, Missouri, and reestablishing the PTL ministry. Hmm. Huh. How about that? So there you go. Hmm. Okay. All right, we've got time for a couple more. All right, we're moving on. So, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, one of the towns, I don't remember which one, had like a 6-6... Six, six, Another oh, six six zero. Yeah. And you said it should have been six. You, I didn't say it should have been. No, you said it, it, no. what, what would have happened if it was? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's this one's, but we're going to Devil's Elbow. De- Devil's, Devil's Elbow. Elbow. That's got to be Tennessee. That's yeah, like, that's, a mount, like that's a mountain. Thing. That's got to be. Yeah, a mountain it, feel, thing. it feels like that's uh, based off like a an urban legend. Does, how many states have a town or city named Devil something? The the one that comes to mind for me is Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Yeah. But, um... You see, like, I wouldn't actively be putting devil in a bunch of things. You know? I just... It's not something that looks like... I'm so excited about the opportunity <laughs> to name a town with, with devil involved. Well, see, I, I just think... So, Devil's Elbow sounds like something that would be something with a mountain. Sort of like here in yeah, Alabama, yeah. like Horseshoe Bend is the horseshoe bend of the river. Yeah. Seems like Devil's Elbow would be some kind of a... Some, like, geographical thing. Of course, it could also be a, a notch in a river that looks like an elbow, and they call it the Devil's Elbow. And, but, I don't know. I'm going Tennessee with the mountains. I was also thinking Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I think it's Tennessee. Devil's Elbow is an unincorporated community in Pulaski County, Missouri. Ah, yeah. Okay, time. Located on the historic U.S. Route 66. Time. So there's a Pulaski County, Arkansas, yep. Missouri? Yeah. Are they near one another? Probably. Are we just copying Maybe. Uh, the other state there at that point? <laughs> oh, you've got one. I need one. Arkansas and Missouri have a lot of similarities, I'm learning. Yeah. Named after a, a hill, mountain, bend, river. Son of a... Tom's geographic. Son of a... Yes. It's exactly what I said it was, except yeah. it's with a river. It's situated on the Big Piney River, named for a tight, uh, incised meander in the river known as a <laughs> devil of an elbow. So I was right. It had to do with yeah. the geographics, but yeah. I was going mountains, and it was the Dadgum River. So yeah. The Dadgum River. Dadgum River. I mean, now, again, any logic you use to make sense, it just it usually fails you somehow. And yeah. I learned that, and yeah. it won't stop me from trying to come up with a with a pathway. But um, yeah. all right, I don't have. Yeah, a, Missouri's allowed to have rivers too. I don't. I don't have. <laughs> they don't have area. ocean. They're not very near. They're very landlocked in general. So go ahead and have your rivers. I don't have an area code there because that would be funny if it was six six six. Would it be funny for that? Long, How many people are there? It's a it's a wrong it, it's a long route sixty six. So. That's it true. It would be kind of funny that their area code would be 666. Yeah. Uh, Devil's Elbow. Did we get a count on Do how many people belong people? to Devil's Elbow? I don't have... I didn't have it. I, I don't have a... Okay. Yeah. The very right. very limited uh, Wikipedia on Devil's Elbow. We're ready for the last one? Yes, we are. <sighs> We're going to Sweet Lips. Sweet lips. Sweet. Good old sweet lips. Sweet lips. That screams Tennessee to that me. That does. That's S W E E T space L I P S. Sweet lips. Sweet I'm lips. I'm saying sweet Tennessee. lips, Tennessee. Sweet lips, Tennessee. Yeah. Gotta go with it. I'm not going to overthink. I don't know who leads. I don't know how many we have. I know nothing about that. Yeah, I don't know but, how many I've gotten yeah. right at this point or yeah. wrong. I'm just. Uh, but Tennessee is certainly what it feels like. 
Sweet Lips is an unincorporated community in Chester County, Tennessee. There we go. Let's go. All right. End it on a good one. First saw delivers in the 1820s. Residents have claimed that the name comes from settlers or wandering hobos or <laughs> thirsty what? Civil War soldiers, depending on who you ask, who had declared water from a creek to be, quote, sweet to the lips. So let's go back through it. So, so war. What? 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 what you've got? What? What are we? Asking? What were the three options there? Oh, the it, people who live the, there, homeless hobos or Civil, Civil War, War soldiers. Yep. So let's let's think about this logically, yeah. even though there's no need to do this. Who's going to think that water is sweet when it's not? Hobos that really, really need a drink of water. Civil War soldiers who are really parched. Yeah. Or the people that just live there that can get any water they want. What 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 realistic? It's one of the it's hobos or soldiers. Well, it depends just on who you ask. I'm just saying. I'm just. Depends on who you ask, Ryan. Well, would you would you allow traveling soldiers or traveling hobos to name your town? You would think not, but I don't know. The, well, I mean, there's like a lot going on here. People decide these things. Well, I mean, why That's not? true. It, this sounds like a sprawling metropolis because in 1986, profile on the community reported a population of 85, no stop signs or street lights, no post office. All gas, no brakes. And the, the, <laughs> the former two room schoolhouse was now the Sweet Lips grocery store. The school closed in 1960. Nice. So there you oh, go. Still nice. closed. Oh, so no did, stop did we signs. have a recent census data? Are we? Are we? I, I don't. Anything? I don't have a. Oh, the water's um, not sweet anymore. Does sweet? What is it? Sweet lips. Yep. Does sweet lips still exist? Yeah. It exists. I mean, well, I don't know that it really does. Tell you the truth. I mean, and like obviously like the, the land is still there, yeah. but is it still no, it a, a town? Sucked in the earth. It's, <laughs> it's all, now a sinkhole. Something there. It's in the upside it's down. Na- it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got sucked into a black hole. <laughs> it's it, its elevation is 584 feet. Solid. I have that. No, that was someone else was like 500 feet. Was that also in Tennessee? It was. All right, so we're, we're finding out that Tennessee has plenty of places. Around 500, 600 feet above sea level. It's long. There's a lot of it. Yeah. So to recap, your Missouri names today was Knobnoster, <laughs> Bourbon, Kissy Mills, Kissy Mills, Conception Junction, <laughs> Blue Eye, and Devil's Elbow. So we did six and six. Then. And technically, if you want to get technical, we had Cuba thrown yeah. in there, but that was uh, not I official. I spoiled one. the party on That's that. That's fine. We wouldn't have gotten there anyway. And then... we got to take this last break here in a second. On the Tennessee side of things, we had Christmasville, Nincompoo, Edith, and Sweet Lips. Oh, six to four then. Yeah. Okay, we didn't even get to 12 then. No. We got to 10. Six to four, Missouri. There's uh, still some good. I did a lot. Go I, did, I, good I don't know what names. my full numbers were, but I feel like I did a lot better this time around. Got to check the stat I think sheet. I think I did. I, I think you did. And I was not cheating. I was typing. Yeah, no, I watched you. Yeah. You're good. I would you name them. I, I would name them, and then I would type it in just yep. to, so I could pull my other info up. So yeah, if you only used four from Tennessee and you have more, Tennessee wow, can definitely be redone. So a lot of these states can be redone. Again, we probably did Alabama two or three times, so not it's not at the top of the list, but. Um, that was a lot of fun again. We love Town Name Tuesday. Brooks, thank you for yeah. putting in the research there. Tom doing research on the fly. And yeah, man. Me and Brant just yucking it up, coming up with crazy <laughs> ideas. So uh, we're going to take one final time out in the show. We'll be back to wrap up this Tuesday edition of Sports Call right after this.
Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call. Final compliments. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy on this Tuesday. If you missed it, we just played Town Name Tuesday. You can go back and check that out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we did Missouri and Tennessee today. And uh, we love to have a little bit of fun this time of year. And, again, we'll have more Town Name Tuesdays coming up over the, uh, the next few months. And we'll have new segments. And, again, not tomorrow, but next Wednesday we'll have another Wacky Wednesday. Still figuring out exactly what that's going to be. But uh, looking forward to all the fun we're going to have this summer. And, of course, before we know it, SEC Media Day is about two months from now in, in Nashville. We'll be getting things in order to go up there and, and uh, just a, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Last couple minutes of the show, time for what to look forward to on the TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw. Hard Seltzer, Brooks, what do we got? Yeah, so uh, we got some sports on for you tonight, but your mo- lone movie pick for the night. I'm going to go 8 o'clock HBO SG, if you've got the premium package on what the in cable. The world? Yeah. Uh, Kingsman The Secret Service is on 8 o'clock on HBO SG. Good, uh, fun movie. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I, it's one of those movies that I'll sit down and watch it when it's on. Uh, sports for you tonight around the world of uh, sports. 6 o'clock TBS or Valley Sports South. Wherever you're listening to us. Depends on where you can get this. Uh, Dodgers and Braves. Game 2 of that three-game set uh, series from Truist Park in Atlanta. Spencer Strider going tonight for the Atlanta Braves. We'll see if uh, they can bounce back. Not, not the series up to one game apiece. 7 o'clock on ESPN. It is Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Fun series so far out there out west. And then 7.30 tonight on TNT, it's Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. Miami Heat looking to sweep the Boston Celtics. First time ever there'd be a two sweeps in the same year. In, in the, the Conference, Conference Finals. Finals, yeah. Yep. Man, wouldn't that be something if the Heat could sweep the Celtics tonight? And then, of course, Auburn baseball in action tonight. The graphic that is posted on Twitter says 8 o'clock because that's what time we thought they were going to get going. Right now it's looking like they may, if they play tonight, that's going to be in the 9 o'clock hour sometime. I believe they're set as an airtime of 9 o'clock over on the network, over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, if you want to listen to the game on the Auburn Sports Network. And that's a look at your nightly TV guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much, Brooks. And, again, thank you for putting together Town Name Tuesday for us today. We'll see you again later this week. Yes, sir. Tom Peavy, thank you for being here today, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. I'm ready for a wacky Wednesday tomorrow. Not tomorrow, next Wednesday. <laughs> They're wacky anyway. No, it's still a wacky Wednesday uh, either way. Well, oh, are you going to make it wacky tomorrow? We always make it wacky on this okay. show. Okay, well, we'll we'll figure that out then, but uh, uh, not the not the full version. Not of, the actual of, of version. Uh, but, uh, and of course, thank uh, Brent Dontry for joining us during the uh, five o'clock hour here for Town Name Tuesday. Appreciate all those that tuned in and called in for uh, today's show. For Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.